Emma, would we ever listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore? No, we wouldn't, would we, baby girl? <laughs> the following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us this episode 338 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, my lovely and talented, and don't forget, scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm <laughs> a little tongue-tied. You are? I said, don't forget, Scott. I can't almost do it now. Don't forget scholarly co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because you you are not able to tell a lie. Well, so. you, right. That, that must be what it is. Yeah. I, you would think after 338 numbered episodes, I would have my shit together enough to enunciate mm-hmm. and say basic phrases. You'd think. That is not the case, apparently. It's not what's happening. So... So we've got a big show, a lot to cover. We got some voicemails to get to. Let's just start with that. Hey guys, it's Aaron from the Beacon of Racial Diversity and Religious Freedom, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> late on the DACA issue, but I think my point kind of covers just general politics right now. Um, I think part of the problem on the right right now is that they have this mindset that that the sins of people will be visited for generations. Jesse can find the verse if he feels like it. Um, but but I, th- I think that mindset invades everything in politics right now. That you know you know these kids were brought over illegally. Um, they didn't know any different. They had nothing to do with it. They're productive now, but it doesn't matter. They're they're being they're being faulted for their their forefathers' sins, and uh, I think that that's in. Um, you see that with with black culture right now. You know, they think that black people should just forget that 40 years ago their grandparents and parents were being hosed off the sidewalks. Well, the the Mexican and Central American 30 year olds now should just should just forget that they were brought here against their will and go back to a place they've never called home. Um, just wanted to weigh in on that. Uh, Jesse, next time you got to do a Joel Osteen quote, give, give us a, give us a trigger warning. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I, I thought I was going to have to pull over my truck and cry. Um, you guys are great. Thanks. Oh, that's a very interesting point. First of all, thank you very much, Aaron. Um, I do find this interesting, maybe from a different angle about the, the sins of the forefathers, the, the, the phrase he used. And that is, white Americans don't have any problem punishing the children of people who did nothing of their own to get here and say, well, you, you know, hey, we know it's not your fault. You had nothing to do with it. But you've got to answer for the sins or the crimes of your parents or grandparents or whatever. But when asked to take accountability... For the crimes of our descendants, of mm-hmm. our ancestors, excuse me, whether it be the treatment of native peoples here in the United States on this continent, or slavery, or any of a number of shitty things that happened at the hands of our ancestors, then it's like, well, hey, I didn't do that. I'm not responsible for that. You can't hold me responsible. I'm not guilty of that, which is true. That is true. And the same can be said of these DACA kids. It's just, there's a weird disconnect that happens where white people don't, they don't recognize. Not all, but some. 
Yeah, I was thinking about this because Ruby Bridges recently had a birthday and Ruby Bridges was the first African-American child to desegregate an all-white school in Louisiana. And she just turned 63. Wow, only 63. Yeah, and... That's my mom's age. Yeah, I mean, this is... <laughs> this is... This is pretty recent, all this stuff, you know, and people try to act like we should all be past it. We should move on. And it's like, this is pretty recent. This still. just happened. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to move on and forget about something um, that someone is 63 years old. I mean, that's not that's not old. You don't have to listen to your grandpa tell a story about when he was a little kid. This shit's right now. Yeah, so... I mean, Ruby Bridges could very well still work at Walmart. or You know, you see people who are older than 63 working. The, this isn't like on her deathbed. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I don't think she works at Walmart. Well, no, I but... just think of the elderly people. Hello, I, okay. we, I haven't been at a Walmart in All like right. 10 years. But, you know, Walmart greeters, that's always my go-to. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so someone's over 60 and you just assume that that's... All right, we have to funnel you into the Walmart greeter uh, job now. That's it. That's all there mm, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused when you... I was just thinking, what's, an, what's a job that a lot of old people have? I, I think... A wheelchair repairman and Walmart greeter. Right. I think uh, <laughs> that some older people... Continue to work in their jobs no, that they have. No, they work in cane factories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And wheelchair repair. Okay. And greeting the unwashed masses who shop at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> now we have some more insight into the way that your brain works. That's right. Yes. They unclog sinks at retirement homes, mm -hmm. work in cane factories, wheelchair repair, and Walmart. Okay. So we know that you are an ageist. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. Oh uh, well, there's an entire senior citizen economy that needs to be that needs to be kept afloat, Brittany Page. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, Aaron. We appreciate it very much. Let's move on to another DACA call. Hi, Brittany and Jesse. My name is Ruth in Arizona. Um, I just wanted to touch base on the whole DACA situation and undocumented immigrants with their children. Uh, the dreamer situation. I'm just trying to get an understanding for myself. I don't really get how people in the first place have raised their children to um, qualify for any benefits, like from the state or government, or allow their, you know, are given the opportunity to, you know, send their kids to school here. Not as if like they're undeserving or anything. I just want to understand how is it that they get by, like you'd mentioned in an episode, at one point they get old enough to realize, well, I don't have a Social Security card, um, you know, things that I need to apply for a job or my birth certificate doesn't reflect that I was born here, but, I, you know, they were brought here as a child. So once, like, how is it that they get by in the meantime is what I'm just trying to understand because I get what they're fighting for, but how did they make it to this point? even as being a child against their will brought to this country, if that makes any sense. Anyway, I love you guys. Thank you. And I'm just getting myself caught up on all the shows. Keep doing what you do. Appreciate it. So I'm not sure I understand the question. Is it how does the child not know that they are undocumented until they get to, let's say, age 16? Like, how did they get through their childhood not understanding that? Is that the question? No, I think it's more like, how does it actually work when you take your kid, you're an un undocumented person, mm -hmm. and you bring your undocumented child who's off the grid mm -hmm. to a public school, and you say, all right, here's my kid. Here's little Tommy. We're going to sign him up for school. How do you how does that happen with no social security card, no documentation of being a citizen? Right. And I have no idea how to answer yeah, that. Question. I don't know exactly either, <laughs> but but I know it happens I mean, there's eight hundred thousand DACA people who have signed up for DACA. Uh-huh. There are far more than that undocumented children in the country, and they do it. There are many states, such as California, that I'm sure doesn't ask for identifying citizenship type of documents because mm -hmm. it's not a requirement for school. Hmm. But 
because I don't have an undocumented kid and I have never gone through the process, I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. I, we'll, we're going to find out. I will find out. I will spend the rest of the day. <laughs> I will take time away from my part-time job at the cane re- repair factory. Oh, God. And I will I will look into that. That's a, It's a good question. You know what would have been good is to listen to this in advance of the show and then had an answer already prepared. Yeah, that's not how I roll, though. So that went well. That was the first time I listened to the message. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see how much we prepare for the show, everybody. We do prepare. There's <laughs> preparation. It's just I like to... You know, yeah. I'm going to tell him how the sausage is made. Mm. Brittany loves that. Mm. I like to get the calls fresh. Yeah. So it is more of a live. Mm-hmm. Should I prepare more? Is that am I doing it wrong? No, you like it fresh. So wow. Yeah, you like it to be fresh. Real, real fresh. Yes. If anybody else out there knows. Oh yeah. Once I post. Yeah. You guys can let us know. Mm-hmm. That'll take the. The you know I don't want to have to call in sick for my cane repair factory job. I actually might 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 ask around as well. I think I know some people who might know. Oh yeah, well very good. Thank you, Ruth, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Let's move on to a different topic. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. This is Chris from Staten Island, and I just wanted to call in briefly about the uh, Medicare for All bill that Bernie Sanders introduced into the Senate yesterday. Uh. There hasn't been much in the past nine months that that has made me proud to be an American, but this is one thing that does. Uh, It was so great to see everybody, like all of those people up there, um, saying that, yes, we believe that healthcare for all individuals is a human right and we will fight for it. There's always that nagging little bit of cynicism uh, about, like, okay, there's a Republican Congress, there's a Republican president, so who knows if this bill will ever, will ever pass. It likely has a snowball's chance in hell of, of uh, making it. But I do want to believe that enough people are waking up to the realities of universal health care or single payer or Medicare for all, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I'm one of them. I, I was not a believer in this seven years ago. Uh, it took a lot of, of convincing and evidence to show me that, yes, this does work, and it can work for us too. And it is the way that the United States should be going. And by that experience alone, I want to believe that other people can have that same revelation and come to the realization that this is the healthcare system that the United States of America deserves. And honestly, it's just great to see people going forward on healthcare, not backward, finally. I'd love to hear your opinions on uh, the bill and keep up the good work. Well, I, I too am new, a new convert to the idea of single payer. Um. I used to be strongly of the mind that the government doesn't do anything well but drop bombs. Military is really, defense is really what the government does well. And the problem with that thinking is, and it's like candidate Dana Rohrbacker opponent, Harley Ruda said here, and I mentioned it in my video yesterday, that there are roughly 200 countries on the planet. Of that 240, roughly, are considered industrialized or developed nations. And of that 40, only one doesn't provide healthcare as a right, doesn't view healthcare as a right, and doesn't provide healthcare to its citizens. And that's us. Everywhere else does it well. On the comments of my video on YouTube, there's all kinds of, the government's going to fuck it up. Government does nothing right. That's great, except for the government does it right in many, many countries across the, the globe. Many developed, very wealthy countries, they're doing it well. So this is an eventuality. It's just, it's a matter of when, not if, for the United States. And I think that they're, that right now, uh, there's a polling organization, ORC, I think, did it, that 62% of g- generally of the United States believes that the government has a responsibility to provide health care. 
62% overall and 80% of Democrats, which is kind of low, I thought. The the 80% number among Democrats. Mm-hmm. Well, you still have you have the progressive faction of the Democratic Party that is going to war with the establishment. Yeah. So you have Bernie Sanders kind of leading the charge here and bringing some people with him. Yeah, 16 although, Democrats. Yeah, that's still not the majority, though. Right. So he's struggling to get people on board. And, of course, his run for for the Democratic nomination was successful in generating support for the sure. more progressive-leaning Democratic Party. But uh, you still have those establishment characters that are not supporting this Pelosi Feinstein those yeah establishment characters who are saying like no we aren't ready for this the American people aren't ready for this is literally what they've said which is a switch because at one point they used to be in favor of this Hillary Clinton when she tried to overhaul the healthcare system in the United States in the early 90s and she was demonized for it was going for a kind of a universal they called it Hillary care so the, the, there's been a weird resurgence of conservative conservative ideas within the Democrat Party about this, but it's time. It is time. Obamacare needs to be fixed because it is it is not doing well, especially under a Trump administration that is actively sabotaging it, not funding advertising for open enrollment leaving the markets in limbo relative to the subsidies that the insurance companies get. So I, I'm a supporter of single payer, and I think that it, it, is, uh, it is past time to move into that, uh, into that arena. And like I said in the video, if you haven't watched it, there are 16 members who have co-sponsored Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill from New Hampshire to California and from from Oregon to to Wisconsin. I mean, we got everywhere. We've got East Coast, we've got West Coast, New Jersey, we got Midwest. You got a lot of states covered. And and certainly all of the region, well, not the South. <laughs> yeah. I love how Sarah Huckabee Sanders said at the press conference yesterday, quote, "I can't think of anything worse than having government more involved in your healthcare." Wow. And I mean, that's kind of insulting to the veterans that get their health care from the government from the VA I mean saying that there's she can't think of anything worse than that well that's their reality so well I can think of a lot of things worse yeah than not having to worry about going fucking bankrupt if you get cancer also, since there are situations in which the government is involved in healthcare, and you think that you can't imagine anything worse than that, right. maybe you should work to like improve that and fix it. Right. That might be a good well, thing. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's kind of the trope that gets dragged out by conservatives. Conservative YouTube commenters, certainly. <laughs> and uh, it's just not the fact. We've got listeners in Scandinavia that are over the moon happy with their health care. Of course, there's going to be problems with it, but there's problems in every healthcare system. You don't think we have problems now? Goddamn. I mean, there's it's terrible. So I'm with you, Chris from Staten Island, very much. All right, let's move on to a last voicemail, and then we've got a couple of emails. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Brandon from the soggy state of Georgia. Uh, just calling in to comment on the, uh, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, Twitter thing. I don't know if you saw this, where Ted Cruz favorited a porn video. And now normally, you know, what somebody does in, you know, in the privacy of their own home is just fine to me. But when it's a Republican politician who's all about the God... And the family values, well, that's, that's just delicious. And, uh, had a good laugh about that, uh, at work on my break today. Um, can't really decide if this is funnier or, uh, Kurt Eichenwald's little oopsie from a few months back is funnier. But, uh, 
it's uh it's real funny when when you know kind of asshole political commentators and politicians accidentally reveal what they jerk off to so anyway guys <laughs> love the show and yes. uh as always Brittany's the best part but uh i'm sure you can do better jesse love the show Brittany's the best part yeah Bye. so obviously we saw this <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty interesting while it was going down because Anthony Weiner had a similar situation that yeah. ultimately was the beginning of the end for his political career. It was the first beginning of the first end. <laughs> yeah, I mean there were several then it steps. Happened again. Yeah, yeah. But it hit Anthony Weiner tweeting out his genitals Un- underwear covered dick. Yeah, um was was the beginning of the end. So Ted Cruz his Twitter profile favorites this tweet which is porn. And, you know, I get it. It's pretty humdrum, too. Well, I didn't watch it. So you want to tell us what it was like? Well, you really want me to? (laughs) Apparently. Well, a chick walks in and Uh there's two people banging on a couch. Mm. And then there's like, of course, there's just like a a random pillar in the middle of the room that she's kind of like not like anybody walks in, you know, they're there. And it's true. Just porn fashion. Uh She like hides behind the pillar while she J.O.'s. Oh. And then. There's they don't notice until she walks up and goes, "Hey, what are you guys doing?" I, I don't know. It was it was pretty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you would expect a pizza delivery guy to come in at any moment to yeah. make it the you know the the perfect quintessential stereotypical porn. Yeah, well, that was nice of Ted Cruz to give them a little boost. Yeah, a little oh, boost yeah. in the views. Um, but, I wonder how many Twitter followers they gained from that. Yeah, probably quite a few. Substantial. Yeah, yeah. I would assume. So. This was interesting. By by the way, can I say this? Yes. I had no idea that there was hardcore porn just on Twitter, random porn videos, because I went to that profile that Uh it's sexual with two L's, Mm -hmm. sexual posts, and goddamn, it is straight up just hardcore porn videos just playing right on Twitter. Yep. The internet is... I didn't know. I thought that... It, I thought Twitter kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But nope. It's... Yep. Yeah. Pretty porny. So Ted Cruz has denied that this is him, that he did this, that it was a staffer that accidentally did it. But... And I I don't know how I feel about this. Let's process it together. <laughs> so there are moments where you accidentally hit a button. Right. Where you are looking at something and you're trying to be on the sly and you accidentally, you know, add somebody that you were just looking at their profile or you accidentally like something and you didn't mean to. Okay, that's happened. Right. Not to me, because I am very careful. But (laughs) (laughs) but you also never like Facebook. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, definitely not. So <laughs> we all do it. Yeah. So one time, this is when I like loved Dr. Drew uh, to an excessive amount, and he had liked hashtag hero status. Yeah, he had liked some sort of porn tweet, and I was like, "What the hell? This is weird because this is inconsistent with what he." what his public persona is yeah, what he yeah. tries to the image that he tries to maintain you in were public. disappointed well i was like what is this is very confusing i just don't know like i couldn't reconcile it and he said that he didn't like it and so i always just dis- assumed oh maybe there's just like this happens sometimes where it goes into your likes and you weren't looking at it or you didn't like it and that was just me trying to like you know uh make excuses for Drew. Right. Even right. though there's no problem with this at all. Yeah, right? of course. But it was just so inconsistent with the way he portrays himself. So with Ted Cruz saying this, either way, someone had to have been looking at this tweet. Yes. There's no way around it. We're, we're going to get to, I've got clips laid out. And if he's not following this account, which you already described what the account is, so he cannot be following this account. Yeah, he's not following it. Uh, someone had to have gone to this account yeah. and was watching this in the tweet. They got the, the, the account in the brain. Yes. Or maybe they're searching a hashtag or something. Now, the thing is, he said it was a staffer that accidentally liked it. Okay. 
as soon as this tweet was liked, Twitter went crazy. Okay. So if this was someone I'm assuming that's technologically savvy, they would have seen Twitter blowing up and immediately gone to correct their action. Unlike yes. the tweet. However, this tweet remained liked for, I would say, I don't know the exact time, but I would say over 30 minutes. Yeah. With people just going crazy on Twitter. And so that to me goes leans a little bit toward Ted Cruz because I imagine he's not as technologically savvy and wouldn't have realized his mistake and quickly corrected it like someone who is more technologically savvy would. Well, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, here, here's here's my thing on it. There, there's two. I don't want to spend a ton of time on Ted Cruz watching porn. Goddamn. Um, there's two things that make me think it is Ted Cruz. One is once the tweet was unliked, his comms director his press secretary or his communications director came out and said, the tweet has been unliked. The offensive tweet. The offensive tweet (laughs) has been unliked and Twitter has been notified. Like, did they send an email? Hey, by the way, we unliked that tweet. Or did they say, hey, they're indicating that someone hacked in and liked it as a joke. Yeah. But if they were going to do that, why wouldn't they retweet it as a joke? You don't yeah. just fucking like it. That's too subtle. Like, maybe no one's going to notice. And then the next day, Ted Cruz said, we're going to get to what he said in Dollamocracy, but he said, oh, no, it was a staffer, blah, blah, blah. We're dealing with it. And then this brings me to what you just said. If there's multiple people that have access to this account, why wasn't the tweet unfavorited fucking right away once the internet started going crazy? Right. Instead, it took an hour or maybe two or however long. Yeah. For the multiple people, it sounds like Ted Cruz, you know, he was watching his porn. He accidentally swiped the, ran his his finger across the heart button on his phone, got tired from his jerking off activities. (laughs) He's all sleepy after he rubbed one out. Oh, okay. He goes to sleep, takes a little post jerk off nap, Uh and then wakes up to a firestorm that he was watching the most boring <laughs> porn on the planet. Oh, I love this narrative that you've constructed. So I, I this it's more gross. Well, listen, no, my listen, my imagination picks up right after he rubs one out. I don't imagine him no, jerking off. No, I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that for a second, sir, because I know how you feel. Every time we talk about Ted Cruz, I think of the lip bug uh, at the debate. Come on. <laughs> At the debate, um, because he, you know, the one that he swiped in his mouth, um, and yeah, the lip bug, hashtag lip bug, and, and so every time I think of Ted Cruz, it's now the lip bug and the jerking off, so it's just not good. It's not good, is what I'm saying. Ugh. Yeah. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Sorry, everybody. All right, let's... <clears throat> let's let's move on here let's we're gonna get to dollar box we're gonna play that and read some some legal arguments has made against sex toys but let's let's read the other let's get the lip book imagery out of my mind okay so we have more feedback on the bernie sanders trump voters situation Mm, yeah so this is from kevin Hello, Jesse and Brittany. This is Kevin in San Antonio. I wanted to comment on the conversation concerning Bernie voters. I voted for Bernie in the primary and Hillary in the general. Do you want to know why? Yes. Principles of my ideas. Or maybe I'm not entitled to say that because Hillary and the DNC and all of that legitimate criticism. And I live in Texas. My vote doesn't really count. Yet I still voted for Hillary because of DACA, because of Joe Arpaio, because of Charlottesville, because of Kansas City, because of Quebec, because of Vancouver recently, because of the eight-year-old boy that got lynched. Thankfully, he survived. Because of black lives taken by the police. Oh, Hillary supported the crime bill in the 90s. Guess what? Bernie voted for it. Why didn't that stop you? Bernie has like three houses. Why didn't that stop you? Because no one is goddamn perfect and you don't vote for evil fucking personified in place of a lack of perfection. Can you imagine if African-Americans had this same ideology in mass during the Civil War? Thanks, Abraham Lincoln. We'll like to fight, but you don't want equal rights for black people, so I'll choose slavery instead. They weren't in a perfect place and yet took another century for Jim Crow to vanish, but would you rather... Would they rather be in slavery for another year? 
Look at the Democrats running to join Bernie on his Medicare for All bill. This wouldn't have happened without the Affordable Care Act, which has problems. But now American citizens see the overall benefits of government handling health. And now they just want it fixed and even better. Imagine that. Change doesn't happen overnight. We might be living under Trump for now, but as a democratic socialist, I am damn excited to see socialism lose its taboo to a certain extent. And let's talk about the grassroots operation. Are you speaking for Bernie, for all Bernie voters that were grassroots? What about Bernie grassroots people that voted Clinton? And really, what's more offensive to the hard work, a Clinton or a Trump who is going to work against every single thing those grassroots people worked for? Did those people work for a Muslim ban? Did they work for Trump to still profit while in office? Did they work for Trump to fill his administration with Goldman Sachs alumni? It's worse to spit on the grassroots people by giving Trump who will undermine everything they work for. Well, thank you, Kevin, Texas. Appreciate it. Uh, you, you said a lot that I echo. And again, it's, you know, you're, you're, it's, I don't like saying the lesser of two evils. But it's certainly the the least worst candidate. Who's going to do better for the country? Because at some point, and I don't want to keep beating this, uh, at some point, it is really only two realistic choices. Maybe someday we'll have it where there will be three realistic choices. But that's not the way it is right now. So if you went into the polling booth and you cast a vote for anybody other than Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton especially if you're in a swing state, you, you know, you're, you're, if, you did, if you voted for anybody other than Trump or anybody other than Hillary Clinton in a swing state, you were voting for Donald Trump. You, you gave him the edge, the edge enough for him to win. All right. Thank you again, Kevin. We appreciate it very much. Next email. This is from Travis. Travis. Hey, guys. I was listening to the episode and wanted to comment on Sanders versus Trump voters. A vote for a third-party candidate is not a vote for Trump, but it does help shield those responsible for the loss from accepting responsibility. Two of the responsible parties are covered quite a bit by you, and names do not need to be brought up, but the third that is often overlooked, and that is the issues of the politics within each state Democrat operation. My state of Wisconsin is a great example. The success human sock puppet Scott Walker should have highlighted that there were bigger issues going on in this state that have been largely ignored for over a decade. Lunchbox Democrats here have looked down upon, have been looked down upon by those in power for years within the state. They are sick of seeing money they try to invest in their local party get spent in other parts of the state, or worse, see that money bleed out of the state party and funneled into the candidate that did not even win the state's primaries, coffers, before the primaries were done. I think that was a run-on sentence. Voting really comes down to what is happening locally, and blaming those that voted third party for the election of Trump does not help us court those people back. Blaming those that honestly voted for the person they thought to be the best instead of the lesser of two evils allows those in power to keep putting up crap candidates instead of demanding that they meet a higher bar of expectations. The combined number of people that voted third party in this state jumped from an average of around 50,000 in the three elections prior to nearly 200,000 in the last election. Outreach to these people by organizers is hard enough, but when they constantly hear that they were and are a part of the problem, it makes their job much more difficult. However, those Bernie supporters that did vote for Trump, they deserve a crotch kick. And Brittany is the best part because the only good Marine is a submarine. Love the show. Travis. Brittany's the best part. Let, let me say this, Travis. Any other election, I might agree with you. If this was an Al Gore, George W. Bush election, eh, I might agree with you. If this was an Obama, Mitt Romney election, might agree with you. I likely would agree with you. But this wasn't that. This was Hillary Clinton versus Donald goddamn Trump. The man who was doing everything and more than we feared he would. This was a different type of election. So normally, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, you want to vote your conscience, you know, yeah, do your thing. Because your average typical Republican isn't going to put the United States from a security standpoint and a climate standpoint and a race relation standpoint in an existential crisis. I don't worry about the 
furtherance of the union of our great republic, of the experiment that our nation is with any other person. Donald Trump is different. Donald Trump is the reason I officially registered as a Democrat after having been an independent or no party preference for many, many years. These are different times and different times take different strategies. And that strategy is not voting for a third party when you're in a fucking swing state. That's just what I think. <laughs> good times. What was that? Uh, a, the only good Marine is a submarine. What's this? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Like Thought a that de- was a dead Marine sub underneath like a water, like a submarine. Well, I know what a submarine is. I'm saying, is that like a... Never heard it before. Okay. I thought that was like a popular slogan that means something. It may be popular. I just don't know it. All right. Thank you, Travis. (laughs) All right. Listen, everybody. uh, We're going to move on to Dollamocracy. But before we do, we would love for you, if you haven't yet, to join us and our Patreon family in supporting the show, helping produce the show, helping move the conversation forward twice a week at this point and if we get to the level that we're 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 urging toward we're surging toward we're i can't think of another urging uh we are going to be doing three shows a week so go to dollamore.com slash patreon for a monthly kind of a ongoing kickstarter campaign or if you want to give a one time over paypal you can go to dollamore.com slash paypal if you want to buy a t-shirt or a mug we're still selling those Go to dollamore.info. We love you guys and your support. We appreciate it very, very much. And if you are in the appropriate tier for the Google slash Zoom hangout, then you should have gotten an email. Um, So those went out. And we will be sending another batch of stickers out this weekend. So those stickers will be going out. If you are a recent patron and you have not received your stickers, we will be sending them this weekend. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So back to the Ted Cruz thing very quickly. He was on with Dana Bash from CNN and she asked directly about it. And this was his answer. Let's talk about the tweet at Ted Cruz. Your Twitter handle uh, liked a post that was clearly porn. What happened? Oh, look, it was uh, we had a staffer who accidentally hit the wrong button and and it was a screw up. I I will say Twitter went crazy with it. It became trending Mm -hmm. Uh, as soon as we found out about it. We pulled it down and and uh, it's generated a lot of amusement. It it has has prompted a lot of jokes. I I, I understand that. I I saw one person joking online that that if only this had happened during the presidential cruise might be in the White House right now. Have you identified the staffer? You know who it is? We have looked into it. Yes, we, we have identified it. We pulled it down. It was, it was an honest mistake. Was, it, was not, it, it wasn't malicious. It wasn't deliberate. It, it was a screw-up. Is the staffer being punished? Uh, we, ha- we have talked with the staffer. It's not going to happen again. It, 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 it was a screw-up. Can you tell me the staffer's name? I, I'm not going to out, out the fellow. I mean, this, we're, we have dealt with it internally, but I'm not going to throw someone under the bus. Can you definitively say that it wasn't you? Uh, it was not me. And it's not going to happen again. This stat- this was a screw up. Do you appreciate the irony that you once defended a Texas law banning <laughs> sales of sex toys? No, actually, actually, I, I mean, that, that's a good example, Dana, of act- where the media runs with things that are just totally false. What's what's false about that? So what is false about that? So I've read on <laughs> online. Mm-hmm. You know, Cruz supports banning sex toys. No, no, no. That, that's complete sales. nonsense. I, re- I just, I reread the brief this morning. So. The sale of it. All right. I spent five and a half years as the Solicitor General of mm-hmm. Texas. I worked for the Attorney General. The Attorney General's law job mm-hmm. is to defend the laws passed by the Texas legislature. I get it, yep. One of those laws was a law restricting the sale of sex toys. Mm-hmm. It was a stupid law. Listen, I am one of the most libertarian members of the Senate. I think it's idiotic. Uh, but it, it's an opportunity for knuckleheads in the media to claim, oh, isn't this ironic yeah. that, that Cruz wants to ban these okay, things? Okay, I no, can't I believe don't. I'm going to say... People okay. ought to be able to do I what they want. I can't believe I'm going to ask you this, 
But so you're officially saying Ted Cruz is okay with people buying sex toys? I, I am saying that consenting adults should be able to do whatever they want in their bedrooms. And, and uh, you know, the media and the left seem obsessed with sex. I, let people do what they want. Let's talk about tax reform. <laughs> <laughs> she moved on there pretty quickly. Yeah, it was great. D- did you hear how abruptly she changed the subject? Uh, you know, the media and the left seem obsessed with sex. I, let people do what they want. Let's talk about tax reform. I half expected her to break into song, Brittany. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the media and the left seem obsessed with sex. I, let people do what they want. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about all the good things. All the bad things anyway. that may Yeah, I, um, I, I want to praise Dana Bash for a second because... She was just perfect in this exchange. She said, do you appreciate the irony in this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, kind of a dick thing to ask, but it, it's funny. And then he's trying to explain something to her that she already understands. And I realize... Like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, she, she says that. <laughs> I realize he may be explaining it to... Also the audience. Yeah, the audience. But things started to get contentious. A little bit at this time. So when she said, yeah, I get it, it's because he was starting to talking about the media, saying that the knuckleheads are focusing on this. But he's really saying that to her because she's the one who just asked about the irony. Right. And I like that she immediately asked, well, what is false about what I just said? What is false about it? Yeah. Um, And I don't think that he gave a good response to that question because we all know how Ted Cruz feels about this. I mean, he appears at events with Kevin Swanson and he is a, who calls for the death of homosexuals. He's a very, well, yes, Kevin Swanson does. And Ted Cruz is a very religious person. And so there is some hypocrisy here and that is what people are having fun with. So it's a bummer that he's not able to recognize the hypocrisy here because this could be a learning moment well, a teachable moment for him he, he's he's making that he's saying well there's no irony it was a stupid law well listen there's tons of stupid laws that are still on the books in every state where you can't not smile on a sunday downtown and you know, all these weird state laws that are all over the place mm-hmm. those aren't enforced So if you have a stupid law, just because it's the law doesn't mean it has to be enforced. He defended this particular law of not selling sex toys in Texas, writing that this is Ted Cruz. As the Solicitor General of Texas made the argument in court, there is no substantive due process right to stimulate one's genitals for non-medical purposes unrelated to procreation or outside of an interpersonal relationship. He made that argument. He could have made any argument. That's the argument he made. I like how he took a page from Donald Trump's playbook and said that he's the most libertarian person. Yeah, believe me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if you're the most libertarian person, aren't you going to look at a law that is not just and that represents government overreach and be against that law rather than support that law simply because it exists? Yes. And let's put plainly what it is. It's unconstitutional. It violates people's liberty to act freely in the privacy of their own home. And Ted Cruz argued that there's no substantive due process right to stimulate one's own genitals. Also, (laughs) the media is obsessed with sex. He said that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think that that's true. But again, he's just refusing to acknowledge what has happened here. He's refusing to acknowledge his history, his statements, his views, and how those things are at odds with him favoriting a porn tweet. Okay, and the blaming on the staffer whose name he won't reveal and who is not going to be disciplined whatsoever. That seems very odd. Yeah, this person isn't going to be let go. It was an honest mistake. What does that mean? This for sure was not a sponsored tweet in Ted Cruz's feed. (laughs) Although if it was, that might be a problem because that suggests something else that you, you know, your your history is targeted advertising. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't feel like the, the the questions were answered sufficiently. No. And it's it's weird because I don't think anything will come of this. And I'm not sure that it, it does. You know, I don't think his career needs to be ruined because 
it's it's just porn. It's just a porn tweet. It, it but, just he's a hypocrite. He's yeah, a fucking and, hypocrite. And I wish he would acknowledge that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, well, I'm not gonna hold my breath for Ted Cruz to say, "Oh yeah, I'm a fucking hypocrite." No, I know he doesn't have quite the. He doesn't need to say that, but he needs to. I wish that he would acknowledge. Yeah, and I just be at truthful. Porn. Get over yourself. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's with all of these politicians, even when Wolf Blitzer, <laughs> that interview that he did with Anthony Weiner right after the tweet went out. Right, right. And Anthony Weiner was saying, I cannot confirm or deny that that is a picture of me. And Wolf Blitzer's like, you you would know. Like, you've lived right. with this penis for well, quite a while. You should be able to recognize whether or not this is your penis or someone else's penis. They, he didn't have to go to the dick question. He could say, do you own those underwear? Do you own underwear that look like that? Because if someone showed me a picture of that, like I could tell you, no, those Anthony Weiner underwear, I don't own that color underwear. Nope. I could say that. Yeah. So he could start there. Yeah, but they won't ever just tell the truth. Yeah. So that is what is frustrating. Right. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, an ESPN anchor tweeted about Donald Trump being a white supremacist. And the question was asked of Sarah Huckabee Sanders yesterday at the briefing about her take on this because of all the different things related to race that are in the news right now and the White House declaring that they're so open to race relations and he just met with Tim Scott. What, don't you mean Tom Scott? <laughs> right. That's right. Because they they sent this photo out with Tim Scott the and Donald for, Trump. for South Carolina, black senator from South Carolina. And said something about their wanting to improve race relations or whatever. And they were just in such a hurry to get this image out of Donald Trump photographed with a black man that they were like, get it out, get it out, we need to rush it out now. And they called him Tom Scott. <laughs> get it out. They got the wrong... Hurry, guys! Yeah, the wrong name. Right. Oh, good, we got photographic evidence. So he's with a black guy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, rush order on this one. So here, here's Sarah Han Sarah Handers, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, being asked about this particular ESPN anchor. Yes, uh, you mentioned um, a couple times today. You sort of emphasized diversity in the West Wing. Uh, you talked about the president being very clear after Charlottesville and denouncing all hate. I just wanted to read a comment from a influential African-American sportscaster from ESPN yesterday who said, Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. His rise is a direct result of white supremacy, period. He's unqualified and fit to be president. Why do you think, do you have a reaction to that? Is the president aware of that comment? And I'm not sure if he's aware, but I think that's one of the more outrageous comments that anyone could make, uh, and certainly something that I think is a fireable offense if, by ESPN. If the president was so clear, as you said, why do you think the influential uh, African-American figures are, are saying things like I'm not going to speak for that individual, but I, I know that the president has met again with people like Senator Scott, who are highly respected leaders in the African-American community. He's committed to working with them to bring the country together. I think that's where we need to be focused, not on outrageous statements like well, that one. To continue to do well, I mean, you know how conservatives feel about people getting fired for their political opinions. I mean, they weren't yes. at all upset when Tim Allen lost his show because of his political opinions. Right. They're not still talking about that. Um, so this is not inconsistent at all. with Right. And they also have no problem with Colin Kaepernick not getting a job in the NFL. Yeah. So this is so strange to me. That That's shit, bro. That's prick shit. <laughs> it is so strange to me that from the White House podium, she's calling for a citizen to be fired, for a private organization to fire right. an American citizen for their political Because opinion. they criticized the president. They said something shitty about the president. They should lose their job. Yeah, and I have been seeing headlines that said Sarah Huckabee Sanders demands she is fired. Well, that didn't happen yeah, here. And I was very, I was very disappointed in that headline because it was from The Hill. Oh, really? And that was shocking to me. But she suggested she should be fired. Yeah, it wasn't she, a demand, right? But the the problem is, is that the press secretary speaks for the president. That's right. And so you can go ahead and assume <laughs> that since she is the mouthpiece for the president and his policies and how he wants things done, that this is what Donald Trump would say. Well, uh, and if 
not, there needs to be a correction made from the desk of the White House. There needs to be an official statement from the White House, if not from the mouth of the goober himself, saying, ah, I don't really believe that, as she overstepped a little bit. Or even just send a tweet. Or <laughs> send a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's the easy way to do it. But what better way to, to demonstrate to the world that the president is not a white supremacist, that when a black person criticizes him, you, de- you, you, you ask that they be fired. I almost said demand. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you indicate that they should lose their, that black person should lose their goddamn job. How dare they assert that I'm a white supremacist? Yeah. Ugh. Is it Tim Allen? Did I say the name right? Tim Allen, he's the tool guy. The home improvement Yeah, pers- that's Tim Yeah, Allen. okay, that's, yeah. yeah. I didn't know what show he lost. Wasn't it like a Netflix thing or something? I, I don't know. I see people posting about it. I hope oh. it's real. Otherwise, I'm spreading fake news. No, it sounds familiar, but I don't follow his... I think it was like a network TV show that he didn't get, and he blamed it on the fact that he's conservative. But I don't oh, think right, I don't yeah. think there's confirmation of that, but he just he paints himself as an outcast in Hollywood because he's a conservative. You mean the convicted Coke dealer who went to prison for selling Coke? That when, guy? When did that happen? In the 80s. Oh, well, he's changed he's by now super conservative well that's how long ago that's a quite a while he's been redeemed by jesus probably <laughs> now he's dedicated himself to home improvement yeah he has yeah all right well let's let's move on here um trump has been doing seriously I, it makes me wonder about what's going on in that fucking head of his but he has been siding with Democrats. Why, why are you making the face? I'm not making a face. You're making a face. It's just my face. It's just the face. Okay, what was the face indicating with that little smirky smirk? I I don't know. I'm. There's nothing. All right. Well, Donald Trump sided with Democrats on the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. Really doing an end around, button hooking the Republicans. They weren't happy about it. They had to suck it up and put on their brave face pull up their little big boy pants and act like it was part of the plan but it wasn't well he again hosted nancy pelosi and crying clown chuck schumer his the guy he hates so much and they're again working together on something that is alienating and pissing off republicans Tonight, President Trump inviting Senator Chuck Schumer and House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi to the White House, two Democratic leaders, of course. It comes after he brokered a deal with them just last week. ABC's Mary Bruce tonight on a White House now insisting President Trump is a Republican. Meeting with members of both parties at the White House today, the Republican president sounded a lot like a Democrat, saying the wealthy may have to pay higher taxes. If they have to go higher, they'll go higher, frankly. With his own party struggling to deliver on his agenda, the president has been wooing the other side. In the Oval Office last week, he struck that government funding deal with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Tonight, they're back for an intimate dinner with the president. He calls them Chuck and Nancy now. A friendlier tone that's raising questions about where he really stands. The president has called Chuck Schumer a clown, Pelosi a loser, but now he seems to recognize that he needs them. How does that work? What changed? I think it's less about him needing them, but as more about the president wanting to work with them and wanting to help move this country forward. Does he view Schumer and Pelosi as equal allies on the Hill? Look, the, Repu- the president is a Republican. Still, it's clear the White House is enjoying this moment. This president's done more for bipartisanship in the last eight days than Obama did in eight years. So let's get to Mary Bruce live from the White House tonight. And Mary, we all remember, it was just recently, last week, in fact, the president, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, all seeing eye to eye. That was last week in the Oval Office. What are Republican leaders saying about this dinner tonight? David, many Republicans I've talked with were shocked and frustrated by the president's deal with Schumer and Pelosi. But publicly, Republican leaders are putting on a positive spin. Asked today if he's afraid the president will go over his head and work with Democrats, House Speaker Paul Ryan responded with just one word. Nope. Mary Bruce, live at the White House tonight. Mary, thank you. So what they came to, apparently, is a prospective agreement on DACA. Yeah. Making it official, making it law. Yeah. So in their joint statement, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer said, quote, we agreed to enshrine the protections of DACA into law quickly and to work out a package of border security excluding the wall that's acceptable to both sides. 
Now, no details. This is just an overall agreement to work something out. So in the age of Trump, well, it should be the age of politics in general, but unless until something happens, let's not hold our breath on this. Because Donald Trump is known for saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, and then not doing a fucking thing. So Perry Bacon Jr. at 538 wrote this article about the four theories to explain why Trump is suddenly working with Democrats. Hmm. And it made me laugh because the first one is he is mad at McConnell and Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's a reasonable uh, guess. Yeah, so they're publicly feuding, right? McConnell and yes. Trump. They're not getting along. Everyone sees that happening. And when Trump is upset, he makes Retaliates. that clear to everybody yeah. through his actions. He doesn't hide that like, like a child would, like that's a right. toddler. I want the cookies, goddammit. Yeah, and so... I actually kind of do want the cookies. So that was the first theory. The second theory is he doesn't care about caving to Democrats on DACA or the debt ceiling. So he doesn't care, meaning... He wasn't the one who came out and made the announcement on DACA, right? right. He sent Jeff Sessions That's out. That's right. And There's a reason he sent Jeff Sessions out. Right. And then right after, not right after, hours after Jeff Sessions made that statement, yeah. he already started tweeting things and saying things that seemed inconsistent with what Jeff Sessions had just said. Inconsistent with that which Jeff Sessions was dispatched to say. Right. So, because yeah, Donald Trump tweeted, if Congress can't get this, I'm, I'm punting this to Congress. If they can't get it done, then I'll, I'll uh, revisit it later. Yeah. Uh, come on, guy. So the third theory is that Trump may be trying to focus his party and Congress on tax reform. So he's working with the Democrats on the debt ceiling and DACA because he ultimately doesn't care about those things and wants to move forward on tax reform as the priority, which is weird because he got elected talking about immigration policies right. primarily. Re remember all the time we spent talking about him deporting 15 million people. Remember, we hearkened it back to Eisenhower's Operation Wetback. He talked about it like it was the greatest thing that had ever been done relative to immigration in our country. Lauding Eisenhower for doing that. Right. He guaranteed, talked to Chuck Todd on his airplane about kicking all these DACA recipients out of the country because we have to do it. Chuck, 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 we, excuse me, Chuck, we have to do it. We either have a country or we don't. Remember all that? He promised it. And now, maybe not so much. So the fourth theory, which I think is not the correct one at all, is that Trump is now governing from the center. <laughs> Come on. That shouldn't even be in there. And this is what they wrote. Trump, after a dismal seven months that left him as the most unpopular first-year president in modern history, has decided to change course. He's looking to cut deals and govern in a bipartisan manner, or at least act in a way that will get him good press and approval from Washington elites. I think the latter part of that is possibly true. Me too. That he wants good press he's, and he wants people to talk about him in a positive manner. He's there for popularity. But I don't think that he is intentionally trying to govern from the center or be rational or be bipartisan. I think any motive is Trump-based. That's right. It's about protecting his own image, protecting how he is perceived or talked about in the media, because we all know how much that upsets him when people disparage him in the media. Yes. Again. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. We should be able to hold on to understanding the ideologies of our leaders to know which way they're going to go. It shouldn't be a, oh, holy shit, let's hold our breath and see where this one lands, especially where it relates to the fates of almost a million people who were brought here against their will by their parents. Especially then, when there are lives in the balance. Ugh. It's the asshole of today. Infowars slash Alex Jones slash what's the guy's name? The dick. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that guy. Owen Schroyer. Owen Schroyer. I guess. That guy's a dick.
Yeah. So here's what happened. He was interviewing people at some sort of rally in Austin, a pro-immigration rally in Austin, Texas. And he approached a young girl, um, probably 14, I think I've seen people saying. Um, And he throws the mic in her face and says, what are you doing here, young man? Or something to that effect. And we'll just listen to what happens. How are you, young man? Um, you're an idiot. Wow, who taught you that language? My mother. So your mother taught you that foul language? In the car. And why am I an idiot? Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. That is, oh, my gosh. And then she flipped him off into the camera. Yeah. So there's been a lot of talk about this. Can I, can I add one other layer of asshole of today? Yeah. And that is the internet. Mm. The people who are supporting or who were kind of railing against this little girl for saying you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, it was really strange to see reactions to people saying that she shouldn't be talking like that. and Like respect your elders kind of thing. Yeah, that she shouldn't be talking to an adult that way. And I think that this attitude is problematic for a number of reasons. And I think... That I might be in the minority, but you you can tell me what what you think. So I don't think it's good to tell kids that they universally need to respect adults, that they need to respect their elders. Um, This person walked up to her and put a mic in her face and called her a young man. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not necessarily offensive, but he was trying to be a dick. For sure, he's he's being a dick to her. So. She responded in (laughs) what I feel is an appropriate way and how an adult might respond to him doing something similar. This person was trying to essentially bully her on camera. And I think this idea of children need to respect their elders in certain situations can become a problem. For example, when uh, an adult is abusive, Yeah. And they feel like they don't have power because, well, this person's an adult and I'm supposed to respect them. And and obviously they have to be right. I mean, they're an adult. And kids that become adults when they were abused as kids, they say that like being forced to hug their grandparents when they were younger um, was a problem because they felt like they couldn't speak up when their grandparents started touching them inappropriately. That's right. I was going to say, or any relative that might be in the role of an abuser right no go hunk go hug uncle charlie yeah i don't want to no you hug uncle charlie yeah little do they know their kids being abused molested raped by uncle charlie yeah and so saying you can't use foul language with an adult well how far do you want to take that because this person was disrespecting her so is she supposed to respect people who disrespect her yeah is that what we want our kids to do Kids aren't fucking stupid. Kids are very intuitive. They understand who the bad, who who's being an asshole, who's not being an asshole. Yeah. And assholes should be treated like assholes. Right. And I think that kids should understand what adults already un- understand of other adults. That sometimes they don't deserve respect. Right. And there are moments where you're going to be treated a certain way and you don't need to accept that treatment regardless of who it is. That's right. Um, powerful or not. It, it doesn't matter. And so to tell kids this just seems like you're setting them up for problematic situations in the future. And I also, it would have been an interesting experiment to have a 14-year-old boy react in this way and see if people had the same reactions as they oh, did yeah, to a yeah. girl saying it. If a boy had said, get out, get out of here, you're fucking annoying. And if <laughs> if it would have received the same reaction, oh, he shouldn't be talking to someone like that. Or ha- would have been like, hey, yeah, good for him. Yeah, Standing up for I mean, come on. And why can't yeah. a girl do that? Yeah. Why are we expecting her to be like, oh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I'm a man, sir. Yeah. You know. Or maybe we should just teach all of our kids how to identify InfoWars employees. If, if they have a <laughs> mic flag, you know, the little box that's under the microphone. Yeah. If We should make them know what the InfoWars logo means. And then they all just, yeah, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Infowars, Alex Jones. He, Alex Jones also went on to say negative things about her um, after this. We call her a demon or a gay frog or I, something. I don't know. Just 
whatever he said. And again, God this damn, is... I would love for that guy to chase me across the street. I is, would fucking love it. This is a 14-year-old. So I don't know why they're approaching kids at rallies. Yeah. I don't know why they're putting the mic in the face of a child. Also, I don't know why Alex Jones is then continuing to talk about the child. Uh, just drop it. They are obsessed with child molestation over there at InfoWars. They promulgated the Pizzagate thing. They also think that there's some child sex ring on Mars. On the planet Mars. <laughs> Why are you acting like that's so unusual? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe NASA, they're on to something. NASA is hiding yeah. things from us. It's an inside job, Brittany Page. Yep, yep. All right. Well, with that asshole of today, we are going to leave you guys. We love you. We appreciate you. Again, if you are ready to take the plunge and join our Patreon family, go check out our Patreon page. You can pick what level you'd like to support at. There are different perks for different things. We'll send you out some stickers. You can join us on our monthly Google Hangout call, which is not on Google, but something else, but it's just the same. We would love to have you there. We have a good time on those calls. We talk about everything from the weather to geopolitics. It is a good, good time. And you get to know other listeners. That's what's best about this, I think, is we have this whole network of, of listeners who are Patreon supporters who get to know one another and follow each other on Twitter and become friends. So we would love for you to take part in that. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and we will welcome you. I, apparently, I don't know what to say. If you'd like to communicate with the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We will see you next time for 339. And until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Because no one is goddamn perfect, and you don't vote for evil fucking personified in place of a lack of perfection. 